The first three questions of our catechism are very foundational. You remember question one asked, who is the first and chiefest being? The answer is that God is the first and chiefest being. And truly there is no question more foundational than this. Here we confess that there is a being who is above all other beings and is the source of all other beings, both in nature and in grace. Question two then asked, ought everyone to believe there is a God? The answer, everyone ought to believe there is a God and it is their great sin and folly who do not. Soon we will learn that belief in the existence of God is not the only important thing for us to believe. And we must believe the right things about God, ourselves, and the Savior that God has provided for us now that we are fallen into sin. But belief in the existence of God is most foundational. It is impossible to please God if we do not first believe that He exists. That should be obvious to all. And to deny His existence, either in the mind and heart or in practice, is the root of all foolishness. So questions one and two are very foundational, and so too is question three. It addresses, in brief, the question, how may we know? How may we know? I wonder if you've ever thought about that question, the question, how may we know? Epistemology is the branch of philosophy that deals with questions about knowledge. How can we know things? It's the most fundamental question, right? And in particular, our catechism is asking, how may we know that there is a God? And the answer that is given is very brief, but it's profound. The light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare that there is a God, but His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. If I had to choose one word to sum up what is said in response to the question, how may we know there is a God, it would be the word, Revelation. Revelation. We may know that there is a God, along with many other true things about God, ourselves, and this world that He has made, because of revelation. We may know true things because God has determined to reveal the truth to us. That is what I mean by revelation, not the last book of the book of the Bible, but rather this principle of revelation. God has determined to reveal truth to us, the truth concerning His existence, the truth concerning who He is, the truth concerning who we are and how we might be in a right relationship with Him. All of that would be hidden to us if God did not determine to make it known to us, to reveal it to us. That is what I mean by revelation. And how has God revealed the truth to us. Three things are mentioned in this short little answer provided by our catechism. One, God reveals the truth of His existence to us through the light of nature that is in man. Two, God reveals the truth of His existence to us through His works. And three, God reveals the truth of His existence to us along with many other things through His Word and by His Spirit. When our catechism speaks of the light of nature in man, it refers to the fact that God has made man in such a way that he knows there is a God who is to be worshipped. This is how God has created mankind, the human race, in such a way that man knows there is a God who is to be worshipped. I wonder if you've ever noticed that all men do have this impulse to worship. It's been this way throughout the history of the world. Men and women everywhere feel feel compelled to honor a God. They pray. 
They observe holy days. They seek order to order their lives in a way that honors their God. Humans have been made in such a way that they know inwardly that God exists. You say, well, what about the atheists? What about the atheists then? Aren't they an exception to the rule? Well, let me say two things. One, it is my observation that there are very few true and consistent atheists in the world. In my experience, you will often find even those who claim to be atheists praying to God in times of trouble. Two, those who are true and consistent atheists must work very hard to suppress the truth about the existence of God that is in them. It's a very difficult thing to do, to live in God's world, which constantly screams out concerning the existence of God, or to be a human being that has this this knowledge within you intuitively. Um, You have to work constantly to push all of that truth down in order to maintain your atheistic perspective. This is what is described in Romans 1, where Paul writes, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Here, we're described, here is described those who are pushing down constantly the truth about God that is revealed to them. For, I continue, what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made so they are without excuse." Here I'm saying if someone is an atheist, either intellectually or practically, they must suppress the truth regarding the existence of God continuously. So what about the makeup of man testifies to the existence of God? Well, we know that men and women are made in the image of God. God created man in such a way that man may relate to God. Man is able to reason. We have a conscience. We know right from wrong intuitively. And all of this has been distorted by the fall, of course. And as I have said, men do suppress this truth that is within them, but there it remains nonetheless. There is something about our makeup that testifies to the existence of God. So God reveals the truth regarding His existence even within man, in in man. Secondly, the truth regarding the existence of God is also revealed in the works of God. Here our catechism again, the light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare that there is a God. So then man inwardly knows that God exists, And he also knows that God exists as he observes the works of God in creation, in providence, and even for some in redemption. God reveals himself in his work of creation. Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. What is the psalmist talking about? He's saying when you look up at the stars at night, the stars, even though they're silent... They really scream out to you constantly concerning the Creator. Uh, You cannot hear their voice audibly, but you hear their voice inwardly as you observe them. There is a Creator, and He exists, and He is grand, and He is worthy of praise. Uh, God also reveals Himself himself in the works of providence. When we speak of God's providence, we are referring to His governing and upholding the world that He has made. God created the heavens and the earth, and He does also maintain them and uphold them continuously. Have you seen the order that exists in the natural world? Have you noticed how the seasons consistently come and go? Have you noticed how the sun rises and it sets from our perspective? God is constantly upholding this world that He has made. Have you noticed how societies hold together when when you really think about it, they ought to just fall apart, you know? He, 
He is maintaining the natural order. He's maintaining life here on earth continuously. My son was telling me about a childhood friend of his who said, I don't believe in God, I believe in science. You know, They were having a conversation, I guess, about religion. I don't believe in God, I believe in science, this childhood friend of his said. That statement sounds so silly to me. What is science except the observation of the natural world? That is what science is. We come to certain conclusions by observing the natural world. It's not something to be believed in as if it were a person or a force. It's a, it's a discipline, isn't it? It's the observation of the natural world. And if men would be honest about their observations, I think they would confess that the created world screams that God exists. There is so much evidence for design. Where did this universe come from? How is it so orderly? How is it sustained? Of course, there's much to be said about this, but I think that you get the point. God's works of creation and providence do in fact testify to His existence. As we observe the natural world, it should lead us to the conclusion that there is a Creator and He is to be honored. So too, His works of redemption. All men may observe God's works of creation and providence. Not all have observed God's redemptive works though. In fact, very few have. I want you to think of the Exodus that we are considering on the Lord's Day morning. Many Hebrews and Egyptians saw God's mighty deeds in those days, but their number was very few in comparison to the whole of the human race. Think also of the life of Christ, His death and resurrection. There were many witnesses to it, but those who beheld His glory were relatively few in comparison to the whole of the human race. Nevertheless, God's works of redemption do also testify to His existence. But notice the limitations of these forms of revelation. Notice the limitations of these forms of revelation. What do they reveal? What does creation and providence and God's works of redemption, what do they reveal? They reveal that God exists. Again, the light of nature in man and the works of God plainly declare that there is a God. This is why God's works of Creation and providence are often called general revelation. Is it revelation? Does God reveal something to us in these works? We say yes, but it is general revelation. This revelation comes to all men generally, at least as it pertains to creation and providence. And they reveal something general too, namely that God exists. He is powerful and worthy of praise. But that's as far as we can go. Lastly, our catechism tells us we're full and saving knowledge of God may be found, but His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. So how may we come to know this God truly? How may we come to know this God savingly? How may we come to have a right relationship with Him? The Catechism is careful to say, it's not going to be from the revelation that we receive from nature, the light of man or the works of God in creation and providence. It is going to be by His Word and His Spirit. It is only by His Word and Spirit that we come to know God fully so that we come to effectively be saved from our sins. So one, we must listen to God's Word. God has revealed Himself not only in nature, He has also spoken. Hebrews 1.1 says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke. Did you hear that? God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom He also 
created the world. So God has not only spoken to us through creation, He has given us His Word in times past. He spoke through the prophets in times past. He spoke to us through His Son. We have now a record of these words in the pages of Holy Scripture. The Holy Scriptures are the written, inspired, and inerrant Word of God. If we wish to have a right relationship with God, to know Him truly, to be found in Christ and saved from our sins, we must give heed to the Word of God that has been delivered to us from the prophets, from Christ, from His apostles, written down now for us so that we might come to know God truly through them. It is the Word of God that reveals God to us more fully. It is called special revelation. The Holy Spirit does enlighten us inwardly uh, as He makes use of the Word of God, drawing us to repentance and to faith. And so I hope you can see that the question, how may we know, is truly foundational to all of life's questions. And it is clearly foundational to this document, which has as its purpose to teach us what to believe about God, man, and what it is that God requires of us. Before we can talk about those things, we do need to address the question, how may we know? How may we know there is a God? Repeat after me, brothers and sisters. The light of nature in man... And the works of God, works of God plainly, declare that there is a God, plainly declare that there is a God, but His Word and Spirit only do it fully and effectively for the salvation of sinners. Father in heaven, we thank you for revealing yourself to us. We thank you for revealing the truth regarding your existence in creation and in providence. We thank you even more so for speaking to us concerning who you are, who we are, and how we can be in a right relationship with you. May we cherish your word, O God. We thank you that it has been preserved for us, that we have record of it in the Holy Scriptures. May we be people who study the Scriptures carefully and who order our lives according to it. We thank you for your gracious revelation of yourself to us, O Lord. Help us to submit to it and to honor you through ordering our lives according to it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.